It is Bring It In, and it's Friday. It's me, Gerard Hector. I am not with Coach David Thorpe. Instead, I am with Coach Charlie Torres. Charlie, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for being here. So, folks, Coach Thorpe is out in California. He's actually on his way back to Florida now. He was working with some people out there. As you guys know, the draft is coming up, and he's got a network of young coaches he mentors. So he's doing some work out there with them. Henry uh, is doing work on his new upcoming book, which you guys know about. Um, and he was out in Santa Barbara at P3 with our good friend, Dr. Marcus Elliott. And he came across Charlie Torres, who was an NBA coach, uh, NBA uh, trainer. He works with a lot of guys and players that you might know of and heard of and some coaches you might know. So, Charlie, I kind of want to start there. I mean, how does one get into the NBA training and NBA coaching realm? <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, it was definitely something I didn't have in mind. I just loved playing as a young uh, aspiring athlete, um, but it just just so happened that I was in uh, Southern California, where I grew up in Whittier, and um, my friend was coaching ju- uh, junior varsity basketball, and I was in junior college. He's like, "Hey, come check out this eighth grader," and I was like, "All right, cool." And it was Derek Williams. <laughs> so he went to my alma mater. And honestly, in that area, like within, you know, probably 20 minutes around, you had DeMar DeRozan, Clay Thompson, uh, Paul George, mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone. This is, mm-hmm. it was just a hotbed. So, yeah, I would just, I, I got really tight with Derek. He loved playing. I would take him to all the exclusive runs. Um, then he blew up. And then AU, you know, every team wanted him. So I would take him to his games, practices. Uh, and then I got to meet guys as it was going on. I met, you know, Damar, I met Clay, I met James. Like, um, so those guys knew me when they were teenagers. Mm-hmm. And then when my playing career stopped, uh, probably four to uh, probably like six years later, um, that's when Derek was getting drafted. So I was working with him a lot for pre-draft. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of me and another guy doing it. Mm-hmm. And then um, he got drafted. It was such a weird year that, you know, 2011 lockout. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went to we went to the Philippines with uh, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, um, Derek Rose, Chris Paul. And I'm like having dinner with these guys every night and <laughs> talking hoops. And, yeah. you know, they didn't know what the heck. I did. I had like shaggy Steve Nash hair at the time. <laughs> and that, was, that was kind of the look if you weren't, uh, if you weren't black, you know, right, like, right. if you were in hoop, you got to, you had to look like Nash or Dirk. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And I just, I started vibing with everyone. And I mean, I think that's kind of the other thing, you know, like, like guys like Kevin Durant, they just want to be, they want to be coached hard. They mm-hmm. want to be like, they want mm-hmm. the real, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was very aggressive and not, sugarcoating things yeah yeah letting them know yeah and that's kind of how it happened man uh you know it's so interesting charlie so you know in so many ways what you're saying is right place right time right because that is and but it it, and that's part that's part of it no no doubt about it but you also must have a genuine love of the sport right and ability to converse or else it doesn't matter if you're in a room with these dudes because if you don't know how to talk hoop they're not they're gonna turn away in like two seconds like all right man get this dude out of here we're not really vibing with exactly Um, you know, talk about 
the importance of when you're dealing with players like that. I mean, at that stage, when you, it's a lockout year, Durant and all these guys are already pros. Um, the importance of trust and developing trust among that group, right? Because these are guys who I'm sure they never know who's coming at them and who's trying to just get stuff off them, trying to be around yeah. them because of who they are. Like, how are you able to, to, to generate and establish that trust among these guys? Well, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't anything I wasn't used to, you know, like being a teammate, you're, you're kind of, you're trusted all the time with a lot of who knows <laughs> stuff that happens in the locker room. You mm-hmm. got to trust them, you know? And, and for myself with, uh, with, with, with Derek, like kind of being there through the entire process mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I was actually telling Ben Matherin yesterday, like just like weird little stories about Derek, but you know, when Derek was 14, 15, he had three friends, you know, mm-hmm. and he had one good game. And James Harden was in our league, mm-hmm. so we played him twice a year. And I think in four years of Harden's high school career, they only lost one game in California. Wow. And it was to us. And it was Derek Williams' sophomore year. Mm. So, yeah. And also, I'm not, I mean, Harden's center at the time was the same class as Derek. He was the number one player in the nation, 6'11", Renardo Sidney, who was mm-hmm. <clears throat> arguably one of the best players I've ever seen in high school. Yeah, I remember that name. Yeah, and and Derek like had a coming out party in front of Tim Floyd, who was the USC coach, and uh, Ben Braun, who was the Cal coach. Mm-hmm. So that kind of like got some noise. I, I think Derek had 23 and like 18 rebounds. And James actually missed three free throws to lose the game with no time left. Wow. No time left, yeah. So at that time, um, it was it was just weird. So so Derek blew up. I remember mm-hmm. the next day I'm I'm at our high school practice and I'm I'm there like, you know, our sixth period basketball class is about to start. I'm doing the floors mm-hmm. and Derek's walking in a little bit early to practice, like down the hall. I look at him down the hall. And he's he's walking with some girl. And I was like, already? Like, you know, like, I was like, dang, dude, this guy couldn't like get a girl you, to go out. Go you out you had three friends a week ago. No. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, man, this thing, I was like, all right, man. You know? Um, but, you know, long story short, like fast forward to, you know, his senior year where um, I was, was it a senior? Maybe it was, yeah, it was his senior year. So his junior year, I, I had wanted to play college ball in the Bay um, at Cal State East Bay, mm-hmm. and it, it just didn't work out. Like, mm-hmm. I got there late. I flunked out of school, whatever. So I come back, started coaching again with Derek at La Mirada. And then, um, you know, I was so worried about the guy mm-hmm. just because now he's the hottest thing in our city. And, mm-hmm. you know, all these kind of guys are, you know, and our city is not bad. It's a great place, you know, but mm-hmm. – you end up getting the worst that are trying to bring someone like that down. So, <clears throat> and I, here I am, I'm like, man, I think I'm 24, 25. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, that's probably like in most people's prime, that's like, Hey, let's, let's party. You know, that's yeah, the party yeah. stage, I guess, mm-hmm. you know? And all of my friends are like, Hey, look, let's go out. Let's do this. Let's do that. You know, girls are telling me, Hey, let's go on a date. Let's do this. Let's do that. And I'm like, Nah, I'm in the gym with Derek, you know, like, <laughs> and, you know, all his close friends, like I coached and trained them as well. They were on mm-hmm. the team. So I would, 
I, I wasn't officially on our staff, so I would leave bottle caps in the gym door mm-hmm. to like sneak in late at yeah, night. Yeah. And then I, there was also a room that I didn't have the key to yet, uh, which was the lights. Mm-hmm. So when I'd lock it up after practice, I'd leave the light room open. Mm-hmm. Or I or sometimes they they'd close and lock it. I just leave the lights on. So, yeah, I mean, we had to be smooth with how we were getting in, into the gym and breaking yeah. into different gyms. But you know, with with uh, you talked about like trust, like man, like Derek was like sixteen, seventeen, yeah, and like great kid. But mm-hmm. I just didn't, I didn't trust him. So if they were like, "Hey, I'm going to this party," I was like, "All right, cool. Like, where's he gonna be at?" It's like, right. Oh, it's, right. It's in, it's in Whittier. Oh, it's in Norwalk. It's it's here. It's there. You know, like sometimes I'd be like, hey, like you guys can't go to that. Like, are you crazy? Right. Like you got you got a lot more on the line right now. Yeah. And then eventually it turned into like his senior year where like I was kind of going to that stuff with him mm-hmm. just to make mm-hmm. sure like nothing happened, you mm-hmm. know? And if, if I was out of town, I would send some of my boys that I grew up with that are kind of like, you know, mm-hmm roughneck dudes that yeah, 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 just, yeah. just to kind of have his back and things yeah. like that. And yeah. it, you know, his senior year, uh, I was playing professionally in Mexico and there was stuff going on back there. <clears throat> and I had to send some of my junior college guys from, from Compton to, who like Derek and, you know, mm-hmm. grew up mm-hmm. playing with, you know, just to kind of like go to games and make sure no one was messing with them. Things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean the trusting man, like shoot, man, there was, there was a lot of, crazy decisions that had to be made at, yeah. at a crazy time. And he didn't have his, he's never met his dad, didn't have a brother. It was just him mm-hmm. and his mom. And they're from, you know, Winstonville, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And they're here in Southern California. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's a, it's a, yeah. Culture you know, shock. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Culture, yeah. You know, so, you know, and, and thank God for his mom and sister, Tony and Roma. Like they, you know, they let me do my thing with him. Hey, yeah. He's picking you Charlie's picking you up. Better be ready. Right. You know, yeah, like, no. Know. And that was that was great. I mean, we went to play at USC, UCLA, we mm-hmm. went to all the big time stuff. Um like it was just it was the most I've never been around like I could I could feel it coming. Mm-hmm. And people at people would ask me a lot, like, how did how did you get in this? How did you mm-hmm. and someone told me about ten years ago, they're like do you think well we got lo- lost you there a little bit a little yeah, bit of sorry. audio lost there <laughs> someone okay. called me um so yeah you know um someone that was really really big in uh like hairdressing mm-hmm. i met um she like did all the celebrities and she's like i'm telling her my story and she's like you know you sought this out right like she she's like you really you went after what was going on mm-hmm. you, you saw that there was something special and you sought it out it wasn't just an accident like you were you had, you know, cause I didn't want to be a coach. I really didn't like, I right. just wanted to play. Yeah. And eventually like guys didn't like working out with me, like guys that were my age because mm-hmm. I would just, I was nonstop, man. I was trying to be in the right. gym nonstop, nonstop. Mm-hmm. And Derek was fresh. He didn't know any better. He wanted to be in the gym. Right. So one, we, we just kind of worked out together when it started. Excuse me. Like he'd get five shots. I'd get five shots. You know, and then eventually, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I didn't make them easy either. It was like, you got to make five in a row to stay on. Right. So it was, <laughs> it yep. was, it was drills that he couldn't do at the time, but it kind of gave him a huge, mm-hmm. huge leap to kind of live up to. And it also made it. So I had a rebounder because I knew he couldn't make it. 
So it was like, (laughs) in a way, but yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of it. You know, like I was, I, and I was never just going to take no for an answer. Honestly, like my mom told me I'd never be able to play basketball. You're short, you're Mexican. Like, you know, you play soccer, you play football, like baseball. So I just, I wasn't going to take no for an answer regardless. I was going to figure it out. Yeah, and, and and I'm sure that mindset is similar to what you share with a lot of these guys who end up making it to the NBA, who play 100%. or play professionally overseas or high major college. So, what was that uh, recruitment process like? Because Derek ends up going to Arizona. So, um, you know, how, how did the decision to go to Arizona come, come about? That was the weirdest thing, because Dewell had picked USC. <clears throat> so, and there was a, there was a lot going into that one too. Um, one of my co- like player coaching mentors was his name is Rudy Hackett. He played mm-hmm. at Syracuse. He was all American there. And then he played a little bit in the NBA and then mainly big time in Europe. His son is Daniel Hackett mm-hmm. that played at St. John Bosco next to us in USC and all that. Now he plays for or Cheska Moscow or somewhere. Uh, I think he plays for Milan now, but um, Daniel's dad, Rudy was the strength coach at USC. And mind you, when these guys got here from Italy, like him, myself and my, and my cousin went to go pick them up. My cousin mm-hmm. was playing with them at St. John Bosco. Okay. So we were like super tight there too. Mm-hmm. Like all the USC runs, like we got into those because of mm-hmm. Daniel and, and Rudy. So um, Tim Floyd went to the game where, where Derek had his mm-hmm. coming out party against USC. Derek, Derek played baseball and was a big time pitcher, so he was already into USC because of baseball. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, everything was just booming over there. DeMar. Yeah. You know, yeah. DeMar went there a couple of years before. Mm-hmm. Even on Derek's visit, DeMar was hosting. Um, it was close. Um, it, was, it was Nike school. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there was just, there was yeah, a lot all of the ties. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so he had committed to USC. And that, that was kind of a no-brainer because even one of the summers he had to take a bunch of a bunch of classes to kind of get in. Mm-hmm. He was a little behind, and that wasn't fun. He had to miss a couple AAU tournaments that were big, um, but you know, to his credit, he 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 kicked ass the, that summer in the classroom. And then Tim Floyd got fired, mm. so I think. I'm trying to think because there's been a lot of other recruiting processes <laughs> after that. But yeah, um, I think that was in the spring when Floyd left. And so, yeah, that was the end of Derek's senior year. And he re- opened up his recruiting. Mm. <clears throat> and, you know, his season had ended, but he, he still kind of blew up at the end of the high school season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clay did the same thing, honestly. Yeah. So, um, but I'm trying to figure back just a second. Yeah. So Derek opened up his recruiting and he's like, yeah, like, you know, everyone's kind of hitting me up now. Like I got to see where I'm going to go. Um, so he opened up to, he was taking it. He took a visit to Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, two of the other schools that I really liked was, Gonzaga and Marquette mm-hmm. and I mean I really liked Marquette I, yeah. I thought it was like a perfect balance of uh, mid-major high mm-hmm. mid-major kind of thing mm-hmm. um, their coach was uh, Buzz Williams mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, little did I know uh, Jimmy was going there. Right, right. You know, but I mean, can you imagine Jimmy oh, yeah. and Derek on the same team? Yeah, that, that would have been. Crazy. <laughs> so, <clears throat> you know, um, and then as for Gonzaga, like every kid from the West Coast, I'm like, you go to Gonzaga. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you make the tournament every year. You play good teams every year. Like, right. You got to take that. You know, right. Like, Mark Fuse, a good coach. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So um, that was it. And then Derek ended up, he, he didn't tell me because I just got back from playing in Mexico. So we were like, he's like, yeah, I'm going with my AU coaches. We're going to go check out Memphis. Josh Pastor. I was like, oh, uh, in my head, I'm like, no, no. You're, yeah. you're athletic enough, but I don't think you're a big enough dog for that. And you're, right. you're too smooth and cute to play at a school like that. So then, um, Derek comes home, we're in the gym and my, uh, we're, we're getting up shots. I remember, I remember it clearly, like it's hot as hell in there. I got all the doors open and my brother calls me and we're like in between sets. So I take the call. I got to go outside. And my brother's like, he's like, Hey, did Derek commit to Arizona? So like, what? No. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, bro. I'm, I'm reading it right here on like rivals <laughs> or something. And I said, I'm about to kill this guy. I'm with him right now. I'm like, hey, asshole, you're going to Arizona? He's like, oh, yeah, 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 I forgot to tell you. I'm like, did you take a visit? He's like, yeah, yeah, we, 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 we went to uh, Tucson on the way back from Memphis. I said, bro, what are you doing, man? Like, because at that time, Solomon Hill, who I'd seen Derek play against uh, mm-hmm. a couple times, um, had committed, he had decommitted with Derek. Yeah, mm-hmm. he had decommitted with Derek from Arizona, mm-hmm. or from USC to Arizona. Mm-hmm. He was the first one to commit, and I was like, "I'm like Derek, bro. Like, <laughs> you're not gonna play over solo with the small forward, like, right? You know, right? Like, he's he's just like defensive monster, and he was Solomon was, defensively was ready. Yeah, you know, he yeah. was he was like ready defensively to play college, like big time college basketball. And I've known Solo since like seventh grade. So, um, yeah, I was just freaking out, man. I was like, oh, my God, you know? And then here we are. It worked out. Solo was his roommate. They're best yeah. friends. They worked really well together. Like, yeah, you know, and he had that monster NTA tournament game against Duke, uh, beating yeah. that loaded Duke team. And that that's really what kind of put him on the map, right? Oh, in, sure. in terms of the M- NBA draft, he were like, oh, and then, you know, and then he, he was drafted high. So, you know, you know, you mentioned L.A., Southern California, right? Of course, we know sure. that is a hotbed, rich talent for, for hoops. Mm-hmm. All the players that came out of there. Um, you mentioned Clay Thompson, and you know I want to kind of go there because you see someone you work out, and and you know you're you you know, you know him since he was a young high school guy. Obviously, he's got an advantage because his dad's Michael Thompson, right? In that, sure, he 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 understands what a what a what it is to be a to take basketball seriously as a profession, right? Because mm-hmm. he has a father who this is this is how he made a, he made a living, right? So exactly. there, there's that piece of it that he gets. Uh, Clay was a two sport athlete, right? Like super, super talented, all that. Um, what's it like? Because everyone that sees Clay is like, man, this guy's like a machine when he shoots the ball. Like, what's <laughs> what's working Clay out like? And what's it like when he's in the gym and it's like, all right, we got to get up a thousand shots in whatever our time our time is. Yeah, um, it, it just varies. You know, he's human like everyone else. He's also very unhuman like everyone else too. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, but I mean, to me, yeah, Clay's an elite shooter, like elite. You know, like, I mean, it looks cute every time. You know, it just looks like it's the sexiest shot you can 
you'll see in person. Textbook. And, and, it, and it looks like it's just the piston. It's just up and down, you know, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, watching the ball go into, to some people is like such a, it's such a thrill, you know, mm-hmm. he's seen it going so many times. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, he does get bored with it. Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> yeah. so sometimes, you know, if he misses, it's like, he just, he just got a little bored, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, we'll do workouts where, you know, eventually it'll be like, you know, man, I don't know, like between 500 and 600 makes or maybe even 700 depending, mm-hmm. but you know, and, and sometimes that takes guys like an hour and 30, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but sometimes for him, it takes him like 30 minutes, <sighs> like, and he does not get tired, man. He does not get tired. Like, I'm tired right now because I was up all night watching all this stuff. Right. Um, cause I had to go to dinner, uh, for the whole second half. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, he, he's nuts. Like there's, I got like this one story about, um, yeah, it, it was, um, it's like a Sandlot story, like Benny the jet when he ripped the baseball off the, yeah. the leather off the ball. Um, he, man, I think it was like, it was five weeks. No, no, it wasn't five weeks. It, it was just five straight days or six straight days. And man, he was just clipping, just like didn't even hit the freaking rim. You know what I mean? <laughs> and is this recently? Is this uh, post no, this, surgery this or? Is, this is probably 2014, 2015. Okay. So right when they're making their set. Yes. Uh, maybe 2013. Maybe. But I mean, he was just like not missing, man. And there might have been something wrong with the net, like going into that Monday or something, mm-hmm. but I couldn't really tell. But I'm telling you, by like we only use that same hoop. By Wednesday, this thing was like, I mean, if he hit that thing right, it, you heard it, like catch the back and like <laughs> pop the ball up. Yeah. I mean, he he just disintegrated the net, man. Like wow. literally, like literally. <laughs> so I think we shot Saturday that morning. And the back two um, loops yeah. were completely fried. Wow. And then we had to switch to the other court. And he's like, nah, like, I want to I wanna destroy that. Like, I want to pop that one off. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, bro, I only have one rebounder today. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be chasing these things. Uh, but, you know, we, we finished with, like, the last five or ten minutes over there. And he, like, he doesn't even remember it. So it's, like, one of those things. Like, I think it was in one of our – one of the slam articles about him. Yeah. But I mean, it was, I was like, what the freak? And I, I actually still have that net, uh, at my dad's house, like on his bar. So I, I always, like, nice. you know, snatch something like that. <laughs> Just for like, so, you know, something. So literally he was burning the nets down, right? We hear people say, Oh, so-and-so yeah. is like, hot. no, no, no. Yeah. This is what burning the nets is. Like he was yeah. burning the nets down. No, it was, it was incredible, man. <laughs> yeah and, and he would he's also like one of those guys like you know like i said he he, he can lock in and, and just yeah. by himself if no one's there and, and yeah. really just just like kill it every mm-hmm. drill five mm-hmm. five four 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 whatever mm-hmm. um but his his elite his elite skill is his competitiveness yeah like yeah. like if he's shooting with someone else i mean it just it drives him to another level like I had him and Kevin Durant. Um, oh, I bet that was both, nuts. 
It was nuts. It was it was both <laughs> off of their surgeries. So Clay was off his knee, KD was off his Achilles. And like I mean, from the first ten it was the first spot, ten makes, and each person got three shots and then we rotated. But it was first one to ten. And um like Clay was just throwing little shots at Kevin, like off the rip. Because KD was trying to calibrate, you know? Right. And I, I said, you know, honestly, I was like, fuck this. Like, we're going to start NBA threes. Like, <laughs> yeah. off of the warm up, you know? I was yeah, like, let's yeah. just see. Let's see who's ready. Let's see who's got yeah, it. Who's... Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, Clay hit like his first three. And he's like, oh, sorry, Kevin. It's one of those days. <laughs> and, and then Kevin came out here, made his first one, started saying something. And then missed his next two. Then it was Clay's turn again. And they're they're all they're all chasing ten, you know? And right. it was just like Clay just every shot. Nope, sorry, bro. Not today. Not today, bro. Nope, nope, not gonna happen. And like Clay's not really one to talk like that. Right, right, right. Especially to Kevin. Right. But it kinda I mean Kevin's competitive as yeah. hell too, you know. Yeah. So he's yeah. and he didn't want to talk shit back to to, to Clay on, until he started hitting. Right. And especially because like I hadn't been in the gym with Kevin in a while, like yeah. probably like five or six years. So he was trying to feel my vibe again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we were all trying to get, like catch each other's vibe, but it was just, I was like, man, like honestly off the rip, like Clay was really in there. Like yeah. he, was in he his had own. him from the get, he had him <laughs> from the get, like just, just uh, kind of getting in his head a little bit. So it's interesting, you know, the, I, the, I, I love these stories. So um, were you ever privy to any shooting where the where you got to see Clay, Kevin, and Steph at the same time together uh, in the gym? Because that must that could have been like, I mean, you might you might not you might not hear a rim a rim a rim noise for an hour. <laughs> no, it was it, it, I definitely did. Um, I went to China with them. Clay invited me to China for their. Uh, it had to be their. 2017 uh, mm-hmm. championship year. So yeah, it was Kevin's first time with them. And um, yeah, we, I mean, I think they played three exhibition mm-hmm. like uh, preseason games there mm-hmm. and they, they, they did their mini camp. So it was like all in one, they did their mini camp and I had access to all that. I got to go to everything with those guys. Um, but it's pretty funny. Like, you know, we, yeah, we only had a, arenas to shoot in. So there's only mm-hmm. two two buckets, right? And they have like all the whatever shooters on one end, right? Yeah, and then yeah, like yeah. All the higher guns on one end. <laughs> so it's like it's like Clay, Steph, um, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> I can't even remember who else was that was like really a hitter, but I mean, it really should have been those three on one rim, those, everybody yeah, else on the other rim. Yeah, just stay over there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but no, it was like, uh, what's his name? Ian, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. The little oh, point I, guard. I think I know who you're talking about. I know, I know you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, Ian yeah, Clark? yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Ian, Ian Clark. Yeah, yeah. Was like Ian, Ian Clark and um, one of the others. Yeah, I was, I mean, you know, they definitely didn't have Draymond and, uh, <laughs> and some of the other guys on that end, you know what I mean? And Iggy and Livingston, them, yeah. them guys weren't on there. Yeah, they were on the other end. But yeah. Actually, you know, it's funny. Um, they did have uh, JaVel McGee with them. He was on there. <laughs> to rebound, maybe. <laughs> no, he was actually clipping. Like, he could, 
Is he clipping? He was clipping. Like, JaVel's like, he's amazing, man. Like, if <laughs> if I'm ever a head coach or a GM or anything, like, I'm, that guy's going to be on the staff. He just he just brings everyone together. He knows music, so he can <laughs> – and all sorts of music. He can vibe everyone together. Nice. He's a special dude. I really, I really like him. Nice. But, yeah, that, that trip was – I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> the stuff I saw on that trip – I bet. Just basketball-wise was, yeah. man, pretty special. Well, well you, you, I mean, you know, you, that, that, that may be, you know, the, I mean, there's so many different teams that are incredible, but that may be one of the greatest teams ever put together, right? Just in terms of the, the top-end talent from those three guys and what they're able to do when the conflict they put a defense in. But you said something interesting about JaVale McGee and how it, it it seems like regardless of all the Shaqton the Fool stuff that we see mm-hmm. everywhere, his teammates seem to love him, and he seems to be someone that kind of rallies and gets everybody together and around. So, as someone you've been in locker rooms and you've been around crazy situations, yeah. you know what this Warriors team has done now. Now, just last night, winning the beating the Mavericks to advance to the NBA Finals, their sixth in eight years. Of course, they had the two year dip when Steph was hurt, and 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 uh, last year when Clay was still out. You know, for a team to do that, because as much as uh, egos and those things tend to tend to derail championship yeah. runs, just age and attrition does that, too. Because what people, the average man doesn't understand is playing basketball deep into June year after year, that wears on your body and wears you out. Like, um, and there's only so much you can do, right? Like, you're like, look, man, I'm, I'm gassed. You don't have a real off season, and you got to go to China and do your promotional tours and all that. Next yeah. thing you know. It's September, time to get back to training camp. And you're like, come on. No. I mean, that 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 season we went to China, like, that was Clay's second trip there. They were coming off a, a, a finals. Mm-hmm. He had Team USA obligations. Mm-hmm. So, like, I saw him for three days, I think, in Orange County, where we were just kicking it at the beach. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I didn't even say like, "Hey, let's let's go get up shots." I was right. like, "Bro, like nah. you got to be dying." You know, like, <laughs> man, I'm just tired. You know, <laughs> we got to go to China, and then uh, you know, out of the blue, I think one of the yeah, it was like one of the last last uh, days. He's like, he's like, "Hey, Chuck, I got to go to the bay. You know, pick up some stuff. You want to go? Cool. Private jet. Go to the bay. Um, he picks up some stuff from his locker room. He's like." Let's get some shots. I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. Get some shots. Um, and then they're, they're <laughs> I didn't know who this guy was, but he ends up being their equipment guy. He's like a legend. His name's Eric. They call him E. Um, he comes out and he's like, hey, Clay, for the China trip, you get a plus one. It's like, huh, I do, huh? Oh, that's pretty cool. It's like, Chuck, you want to come? I was like, hell yeah. He's like, all right. He's like, E, get his information, you know, like, I'll put you in a group chat, you know, like, I was like, oh, hell yeah, right place, right time, I'm hyped, and, um, dang, where was I going with that? Oh, it, it, oh, yeah, so, so, yeah, he just, he, that was the only time he was on the court, until we got mm, to China, mm. and, and the whole year, like, you know, like, man, I think that was the year he had the, the, the big, um, hang on, you froze. Oh, Chuck, you still there? Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was the year he had, like, the, the game against Chicago where he had, like, you know, mm-hmm. 60, 63 mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And everyone was saying he was in a slump. And, like, I'm like, bro, he touched the ball once the entire right. – like, he didn't have no time off. Yeah, and yeah. They were, like, they were like, oh, he's 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 a little heavy. He looks worn down. I'm like, yeah, bro. Yeah, because he is. Chasing, 
Who do you think's chasing Kyrie around? Who do you think's <laughs> chasing James Harden around? Like, I mean, it's it's not sweet out there, man. Like, it really no. isn't that many games. Like, yeah. It's it you know, you mentioned it's funny, you said you get you get on the jet, you get up to San Francisco and he says, oh, let's get some shots up. Like you around these guys. How yeah. difficult is it? Because it's funny, because when I do media stuff with them, and one time we were at a Dick Sporting Goods with a bunch of NBA guys here in the city, mm-hmm. and there was just a um a basket, like just full of basketballs, you know, like they can sell the kids or whatever. They just can't help themselves. They just yeah. grab it. And I'm like, I'm like, y'all, it's like addicted. Y'all can't not like if yeah. we see a ball, we gotta grab it and start. And it's, it's the same, right? And anytime they see a ball, they're like, all right, man, let's just go grab it and start putting up shots. <laughs> yeah. No, anywhere. It doesn't matter, man. I mean, um, I think it was my 33rd birthday. Uh, and, you know, like, KT's, like, probably the hardest person on the planet to get a hold of. He, like, he'll check maybe Snapchat, sometimes <laughs> Instagram, but definitely not returning a text. <laughs> And Noted. Clay Thompson not returning texts. <laughs> yeah. So you know it's my birthday and like all the all the homies are coming over, like all the basketball guys. You know, like um, everyone that's rebounded for him. You know, mm-hmm. guarded him in the drills, all that stuff. And at the time, I'm staying with one of my close friends who owns like a a big um, big medical pharmacy. Mm-hmm. So like he's he's just killing it. And um, huge basketball guy that I grew up playing with. So in our pool, he's got the basketball court. And the, the, the funniest thing was, like, it's all these guys that grew up playing AU together that mm-hmm. I ended up training, like whether they played at UCLA or a D3 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they all know each other really well. They all grew up in high school, competed against each other. And we're just hanging out. There's not one chick there. Like, no one brought <laughs> one girl. And I'm looking around. I'm in the jacuzzi. And... Clay's making fun of me because I'm in the jacuzzi with like two of the homies. So he's like, in the, where's all the chicks at? You know, like, the jacuzzi? classic Clay. It's like, it's like, Jesus, Chuck, sausage fest, you know, like, and um, I'm like, come on, man, like, I'm chilling, you know? And um, this guy, so our, our hoop court, um, our pool court, my bad, is right there. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes when you're in the pool and it gets late and the ball goes bounces way over to the yeah. other side, you're just like, you're ah, like forget it, it. You know? Yeah, yeah, I'm not kidding. That's too cold. So, um, and meanwhile, no one's in the pool. We're just in the jacuzzi. So Clay, Clay finds the ball way over there, walks over there, grabs it, and everyone's like, everyone's like, fifty if you make it from there, fifty. <laughs> and he goes, what? trained it i'm like no way bro no way he's like it's like come on come on fellas like you know who the hell i am you know everyone everyone just like ah starts splashing you know like it was but yeah just you know and and then it just turned into a whole thing all night you know like no one's in the pool right they're they're using the the skimmer to get the ball out every time and and then they're just playing horse right there is all right you can't make it from this corner he's like all right watch exactly it was like it was like Ma- Michael Jordan and, and Bird and uh, the, the McDonald's commercial. Yeah, yeah, I love and, it. I love it. Um, yeah. so get, getting back to the Warriors, man. So again, yeah. six six finals in eight seasons. Um, hell of a run. A- after the game, you know, Coach Kerr is talking about different things, and you know, the comparison has been made a number of times about how 
And it makes sense because Kirk came from that that Popovich um, tree, also comes from the Phil Jackson mm-hmm. tree, to the, main, the, the sure. big guys that coached him. But the Spurs have been this model consistency of a franchise, right, in terms of the number of finals and playoff appearances ever since they drafted Tim Duncan, right? And so many people have yeah. said, well, Steph Curry is like the guard version of Tim Duncan, right? He's a dude mm-hmm. who can coach hard or whatever, but he's like a good dude and everybody wants to be around him and it makes the locker room and the environment a good place. You know, we joked about this off air and everybody who listens to Bring It In knows you know, Henry and Coach Stuff were all about the royal jelly and spreading the love. And I'm like, man, forget all that bullshit. Let's just play some yeah. basketball. Ain't nobody care about that. And it's partly a bit. I I, I don't actually think that way. I, I do believe it matters. But Steph and what he does and, and how he makes that engine go, of course, he's an excellent player. But him as a human and being a good human, that's what makes everything work out there. Because if he was a different kind of dude, Steve said it. They would have been like, oh, if you like, forget these young dudes, get them out of here and get me another star. I don't got yeah. no time for this. And you've been around some not great situations. So yeah. why, what is, what is the importance of having a locker room with the, the, the main guy, the main player being that kind of a dude? What does that do for everybody else? Well, all that, all that stuff trickles down. It, it really does. Like from the, from the head or from the top, you know, like Bob Myers, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know if you know what Bob did before he became. He's an agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he was uh, Brandon Roy's agent, mm-hmm. really good guys with Wasserman. So to go back to Derek Williams, Bob is the one that put Derek Williams on the map. Mm-hmm. I played every Wednesday for four or five years. Bob was on our team, okay. and Derek would play with us. And we never knew what the hell Bob did. <laughs> but he was the nicest guy. He played hard as hell. You know, we'd go to in and out after games with him. Nicest guy, never bragged, boasted, never said this, never said he – he was a walk-on at UCLA, never mm-hmm. talked about, like, nothing, like, mm-hmm. nothing. He would just be like, hey, Derek, like, where do you want to go to school? What do you like about school? What do you like about hoop? Hey, Chuck, what do you want to do? What do you want mm-hmm. like, like, bro, salt of the earth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when, when Deal was picking an agent, Bob would call me, and I'm like, oh, Derek, you got to go with this guy. Come on. Mm-hmm. We've known him forever. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to go with this guy. Bob was the one that told UCLA about Derek. Okay. like he he helped you know like he's just mm-hmm. and i don't even think it was ill intention to like get him to sign with them or him mm-hmm. being the number two pick i mean mm-hmm. how can you project that kind of stuff yeah yeah i mean i even as biased as i was i wouldn't have said Derek was gonna be a top 10 pick mm-hmm. you know but uh but like you know bob is freaking awesome man yeah he's yeah. he's just awesome like um yeah, I don't, I don't know. And then, and then you meet a guy like Steve, and Steve's, Steve's the same. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, in China. Um, so I don't know if you've heard this story, but when we were going to China, the uh, the equipment manager, E, uh, E is the <laughs> longest tenured guy in the entire uh, organization. I think he's outlasted like eight <laughs> owners. And God only knows how many head coaches. Right. But, he was a ball boy when he was a teenager there. Now, he, now I think he's got kids and like all kinds of stuff, but you know, he's an adult. <clears throat> so, you know, he hits me for my passport, get him all my stuff. <laughs> he ends up losing my passport. <laughs> uh, uh, the owner's son, Lakeup, who's yep. the GM yep. for the Santa Cruz team and, yep. uh, and Steve Kurtz. So he loses three of our passports and, um, you know, I'm getting messages from all these kind of warrior people like, Hey, you know, like, um, we couldn't expedite your passport. 
and I'm like, oh my god, like of course it's me. Right. Yeah. So I'm low, not low, going, low man yeah. on the totem pole. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, I'm not going. There's no way. So they expedited um, Kerr's. Of course, he needs to yeah. go. <laughs> so Keegan, Kerr, Kerr leaves on the day of the actual flight with the rest of the team and everyone. Uh, me and Lake of Sun, we we they end up getting us uh, our visa forwarded or whatever. They end up finding the passports. So we oh, go nice. the next day. We go the next day, yeah. So we, I think we land in Hong Kong and then we drive for about an hour to get to the hotel or something. And it's like, might be 3 or 4 a.m., I don't even know. But we go to, you know, we're, we're getting our keys. That mm-hmm. There's someone kind of showing us to, to our tower for mm-hmm. our, our elevator or whatever. And I see like this thing where it, it was kind of like a buffet mm-hmm. just all day because people couldn't sleep type thing right. for uh, for the Warriors. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, man, like I'll see you. Like I'm going to go get some food just to see mm-hmm. if this thing's open. He's like, all right, cool. I'm going to bed. <laughs> like we were pretty tired, you know? Yeah. And I walk in and I go to the, I'm like, holy crap, there's Steve Kerr <laughs> and, and Eric yeah. and and Steve Kerr's wife. So they're sitting together and I, I, I'm like looking at this buffet, man. There's like, like the best sausage I've ever seen. You know, like I'm like, Ooh, man, I'm going to, I'm going to sleep good after this. So I got this huge plate of just like nonsense. Yeah. And then I got a bowl of Apple Jacks and Steve is eating Apple Jacks at the table next to me. And, and then Steve goes, Hey, who are you? I'm like, oh, I'm Charlie. Like, I'm Clay's trainer. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh man, come on, come sit with us. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> so I, I, you know, like I go, I sit with them, and here he is. You know, like I don't yeah. know how low Eric is on the totem pole, but right. I'd imagine pretty low, being the equipment right. guy. Right. And and Steve's just having like yeah. the craziest conversation with him about his family and things like that. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude. Like, and fast forward, probably, you know, five, five or six months earlier to that, I'm, uh, you know, one of the guys that I, I worked with a lot and I still do, but, but like from a young age was Stanley Johnson. Mm-hmm. So Stanley lived a city over from me and we worked with him and he was, he's been around all these guys, like competing with them since he was 14. Mm-hmm. So everyone, everyone loves him. Clay. You know, all these guys that, they, they, you know, stands like a little bro. So um, I went to go help out, get Stan some work at, at the end of his Detroit season. And they have Stan Van Gundy out there. And he, <laughs> like, they invited me in to go yeah. watch their their stuff. Yeah. And, you know, like, oh, yeah, like, like have some, some of our training table, like the buffet stuff. Right. Cool. Um eating and Van Gundy kicks, kicks me out. Really? Um, who the fuck let, let him in here? Who's who, like, yeah, so it's yeah, yeah, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. The security, like all these people. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not, not night and day, right? Warriors night and day, <laughs> night and day. I'm just like, dude. So I, I like, that's why I sat at that table. You know, I didn't want to sit with them. Like right. who, the, who the hell am I? All right. So I just came from that incident. I'm, and even, even, I mean, I get it too. Like I do get it, you know, like 
locker room, you know, your circle is your circle, you know, got it. Are we there? Yeah. Yep. So, you know, your circle is your circle. I don't want any, any, you know, when I'm coaching teams, I'm worried about who's trying to get in my kids' heads. Right. Right. Um, you, 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 you want to keep it tight, but there's a way in which you can, you know, it's like the, the honey versus vinegar approach, right? When you're, exactly. when you're talking to somebody, right. And it's like, you know, you may not, you may want to close practice or close situation, but there's a way to be like, Hey, Chuck, man, good to see you. But you know, today we want to do, and you, as knowing you in the 44 minutes, you'd be like, all right, man, cool. Like you're not going to no static, right? You're like, I got it. No, I'm exactly, out. Like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, hundred percent. And I think, you know, again, we talk about on this show all the time, Charlie, that like the differences in organizations and why so, so many get it wrong. Because look, there's talent all over the place, right? It, Golden State don't got a monopoly on talent. There's talent yeah. all over the NBA, but it's what kind of environment you incubate for that talent. And this is 100%. where the Royal Jelly, the love and all those different things come into play. And because, you know, as I said to you off air, what the average fan doesn't realize is this is work for a player right the, the team they are on that is like going to your job every day and y'all all know because y'all been in terrible jobs in your lives where the vibe <laughs> is trash you hate your boss like all the different things no it's the same there if the locker room vibe ain't sweet man that's gonna be an ugly long ass season and guys are not no guys aren't bought in they're not gonna go sell out for another one they're not why i hate you right like yeah it's just exactly. it's just that and and so that's the importance of having bob and Steve and Steph, right at the top. We know what's interesting about the Golden State situation. How do they balance Draymond? Because Draymond, he's you know Draymond's got to play on an edge, and he is a yeah. confrontational because that's that's his superpower, right? He's not he's skilled, but in a different way, right? He ain't like mm-hmm. if you're doing NBA skills, he ain't coming out in the top five and nothing, right? That's not his thing. No. But no, definitely not. they need him to play with a certain level of, but that could boil over into tensions, as we saw within the yeah. KD situation that happened, yeah. right? So how do they balance the Draymond of it all? Well, I mean, that's it. I mean, Draymond kind of balances everyone out on his own. You know, like Steve kind of lets him do his thing. Um, and Draymond, for the most part, lets Steve and Bob do his thing, do their thing, you know? <clears throat> like... <laughs> Going back to China again, because <laughs> I saw so much stuff. But um, so the rookies that year, I think were Jordan Bell, mm-hmm. um, George Niang, mm-hmm. uh, Ian Clark was there. Um, I think uh, the other kid, Pat McCaw. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Those those were kind of the young dudes, um, and. I specifically remember the end of their first live scrimmage at, at, at after day one. I think it was Tuesday. Um, like uh, none of the rooks checked in, and Steve's. You know, they come in at the end. Steve's talking. You know, it's like you can hear a pin drop, and you know he talks super soft anyway. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey fellas, you know, I just want to, you know, great day, great day. What do you, you know? Blah, blah, blah. You know, just mm-hmm. cool. Then he finishes it like, hey, and, and for you younger guys, look, like, I know it's hard. You know, you'll you'll get some reps. And, you know, and then Draymond comes in and he goes, you know what? Fuck that. He goes, coach, this is some bullshit. He goes, you younger guys, you're our weakest link. And we can't trust you to check in and get someone. Like, like, what the, what the fuck? Like, you know, he's just going off. And, and look, th- this is the circle. Like, it's Sam Steve Kerr. Right. It's 
It's Steph, Clay, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then Draymond's over here, like looking at the rooks over here on this left side. Right. So he doesn't see Steph and Clay just like behind behind um, Steve. Um, Steve just like crying like, oh my god, what's wrong with this dude? You know, like like why is he even going at these rooks? Like like do you think KD is gonna let freaking George Yang check him out? Right, right. To, to get reps, like, are you, fu- are you fucking crazy? Like, like, what are we, you know, do you think Pat McCaw's going to come take Steph Curry out? Like, right, Jordan right, Bell's yeah. going to, Jordan yeah. Bell's going to punk uh, uh, Livingston? Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, you know, like, I'm like, bro, no, come on. Like, that's hard to do in college. Right. You know, like, you got to have someone like, all right, you're going to go get so-and-so. <laughs> and even then on this team, which is, which is, you know, very loosely, governed because there, there's a lot of personalities and they know yeah. their role yeah you know like like even I, I mean i've seen guys on that staff like, no no no, i'm good I, I need like some more reps you know yeah and coaches just be like yeah, yeah cool yeah no right, right. <laughs> you know but yeah man uh that that was definitely one of the funniest and <laughs> i remember like later we went in the we went in the, the hotel pool and and i was just asking clay about it he goes he goes, yeah, bro, he's yelling at George. What the fuck? What's he yelling at George for? <laughs> uh, super funny, man. Oh, man. It is. Yeah, no, it's, it's you know, you, you, part of an NBA coach's job is also managing personality, right? And yeah. and that that's the challenge. And I think, you know, for so many people, like, that is the challenge that they're like, oh, this Warriors team, right? Because it's a lot. You got Draymond, you got KD, you got Steph, you got Clay, right? And these guys in many ways, right? Like they're all sort of entities unto themselves, right? They got their own ways in which they work out and do their thing. And like, this is what I need. And it's, 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 a, you know, and to get everybody, Hey, we get all that. We'll let you do that. But at the end of the day, I need y'all to coalesce because we want to get that shiny ball in June. Right. Exactly. So, right. So we got to yeah. put all that stuff to the side so we can get this thing. And I think ultimately, right. Like that, that's what derails so many teams, right. Is the inability to put the things to the side to be like, Hey man, let's get that shiny ball. For sure, uh, and and it's it's really hard too as a staff. Yeah, no, with with teams like you, you just especially in um, you know like college and high school, like you just well even at the pro level, you just have no idea what's going on. You know, you don't. Mm-hmm. You try, mm-hmm. and I have a really good relationship with my players, and even them, you know, they they have a hard time telling me what's going on and what guys are going through and, yeah. and things like that. And I think it's yeah. you know I, I look up, I research a lot of stuff, you know. Bill Belichick's the one that I, I refer mm-hmm. to a lot. I mean, I wouldn't say he's the greatest people person, but damn it. Like <laughs> if there's someone that, yeah. you know, keeps the tab on what the hell's going on in the locker room. Like he has this mm-hmm. every day after a game, whether it's Monday or, or Friday, whatever, he has a cultural mm-hmm. check-in. So he brings in all the towel boys, equipment managers, coaches, all them. Mm-hmm. And he, he meets with them and he's like, what are you hearing? What's going on with them? You know, like, mm-hmm. is someone's okay? Is this is going on? Like, bro, he has like 120 staffers. Yeah. And I can't keep track of my 15 guys. Like, this is <laughs> so I I have to keep that in the back of my head because like I just feel like I'm not doing my yeah. due diligence. But yeah, even as a coaching staff, you know, you got to do the same thing. Like, you got to check in with your coaches. Like, how are you doing? How's this going? How's that? You know, like, so yeah, yeah I don't and. and NBA locker rooms, man, it's it's hard to tell. I mean, they got agents, they got trainers like myself, they got 
all kinds of different people in their lives, baby mamas, wives, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the, like keeping that locker room tight is, is definitely, definitely like an interesting aspect and, it, and it's really yeah. hard, but you know, this, this coach in Europe, um, Jelko Obradovich, he's like mm-hmm. the most, he's the winningest coach in your Euro league history or something. He's Serbian and, you know, Serbs are not the most pleasant to talk to. Uh, they just kind of, they only know one, one, uh, voice level. It's, and it's, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, I watched his, his, bi- like his autobiography on a video thing, like story on him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yes, it's, it's very important. Like I go have drinks with my players. I go to disco with my players. I do this, I do that. And this guy's like, you know, <laughs> 70 years old, white and, yeah. you know, white hair. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, well, what's the purpose of this? Why, why this, why that? And they need, I need to know them. They need to know me. They need to know yeah. I'm here for them. Yeah. They need to know. He's like, oh, and by the way, like half of my team isn't from this country. I got four guys from Turkey that can play, you know, everyone's from Serbia, Bulgaria, America, you know, Mm -hmm. like France, all over the place, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all Mm -hmm. foreign for them. Yep. So I think that's, that's the biggest thing with, with, with me for coaching. It's like, if I don't know something's going on, I didn't do my job. I was, I was lazy. You know, I was lazy. And and yeah. And and I think it it, it ties in what we talked about, which is trust, right? Like that, that that's what you got to build in order to have that ultimate success. Um, you know, the last thing we'll talk about before we get out of here is that you got the draft coming up and you're working out Ben Matherin. Mm-hmm. Uh, for all of our True Hoop fans out there, we have an article coming out about Ben. Um, John Hollinger, friend of the show, has him as the fifth best prospect in this draft. He profiles as, you know, th- this, is a, this is a league of dominant apex predator wings, right? Six foot seven and taller dudes who can score, fill it up, right? Who can play two ways. And that's that that is the that is the profile that I'm getting from Ben, right? Like he can he's got the tools to defend to be to be a good defender. He's got athleticism. He can shoot the ball. Um, what are you guys working on? And what are you what what are you seeing um, out, out of Ben right now as he's getting ready for the draft? Well, it's it's really hard, man. I mean, to do to get these to do these pre drafts. Uh, like last year, I had Matthew Hurt and Carly Jones, who you know were both kind of undrafted, super talented guys. So. Actually, Ben was there for a lot of that last summer. That's when we really got really mm-hmm. got tight. But you know, we played five on five with those guys like three times a week. Like Ben's not mm-hmm. even allowed to play one on one here. Like you know, mm-hmm. so he's he's just itching to to do something competitive. <laughs> you know, like he's yeah. losing his mind. I mean, he's a competitive freak. Um, so I think that's where my job gets a little gets tough, you know, like I got to be creative and what I'm throwing at him, it just can't be yeah. the same shit every day. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really tough. Um, it is really tough, but with that being said, I mean, just kind of everything. Like I look at guys like Anthony Edwards, Devin Booker, um, mm-hmm. like, uh, Marcus Smart, you know, defensively, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, you know, Dwayne Wade, Michael Jordan. I look at all mm-hmm, these mm-hmm. different things and pieces I want to add and, you know, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, those, those are kind of like, like different, 
different things that we're looking at. Jordan Poole. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. So, it, it, I mean, there's separational moves. Um, we've, we've been doing a lot of defense. He's, he's made it a point to say, I want to be a defensive guy. I want to be able to, like, you know, hold my own on the court and, and be a guy like that, mm-hmm. which is, you know, bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not exactly easy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but even just to have your mindset on for that is, isn't yeah, easy at yeah, all. So, correct. you know, you're, yeah, yeah. Everyone gets fried the rookie year. So. Oh, of course. I mean, and you know, vets, they can't wait to fry the rookie. Yeah. That's their thing. They're like, Ooh, rookie, let's get it. Like that. that's it's part of your rite of passage when you get into exactly. this league, right? Is you got to get yeah, cooked. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's cool though, but I'm, I'm really in my, since 2011, I've never seen anybody like this, this humble, um, and just like kind of ready. He just wants to show, like, he just, he yeah. just wants to show, like, he, he feels like he's a little disrespected and he's got a chip on his shoulder. And there's, I, and you, you, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, I, just, I, I was going to say, that's the, <laughs> that, 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 that's the thing though, right? Like if you, if you have that, that's the fuel that's going to get you. All right. Like, you know. And, and, and in my head, I'm like, bro, you're a lottery pick. Like, why do you feel disrespected? <laughs> yeah, who's disrespecting yeah. you? Yeah, who's disrespecting you? <laughs> but, but you know, I, I it goes back to a lot of stuff. Like, he's originally from Haiti, you know? So, like, there's yep. not one sweet ounce of anything over there right now. You know? Right, and, right. And the, the part he grew up in, in Montgomery, Montreal, like, it's not sweet over there either. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I was telling some execs and – uh, coaches in the league like they're like hey like you know how's this mental how's this how's that and i'm like dude this guy's in santa barbara right now like every day is disneyland right now you know like, he's just happy to, <laughs> to be here you know like wake up see the, see the mountains right, see right. the beach <laughs> yeah all right folks that is bring it in we want to thank our good friend charlie torres for joining us uh we will see you guys not on monday because it's a holiday so everybody have a good weekend we will see you all next time uh friday for bringing in with coach thorpe it'll be nba finals we'll be a couple games in so until then take care